annual KeyBank Capital Markets Basic Materials and Packaging Conference underway in Boston. Let's get a look at the industry. Phil Gibbs is Metals Equity Research Analyst at KeyBank Capital Markets, based in Cleveland normally, but uh, as I mentioned, that conference underway in Boston, and that's where we find Phil. Phil, nice to have you back with us. Tell us a little bit about uh, some of the highlights at the conference this year. Thanks, Carol. Thanks for uh, having me. I appreciate it. I think it's good to, to paint the landscape in the steel sector right now where there's a lot of cross-currents. Our August survey work pointed to a bit softer second-half U.S. steel supply demand conditions. This included below-normal 3Q demand for auto and non-res construction. This did drive us to take down our steel consumption growth forecast a bit this year to 2% from 2.5%. Despite some better news in oil and gas and industrial, we also see some stickier steel import supply right now. But uh, but why we say cross currents is that there there has been a strong global narrative supporting commodity prices within China since the middle of this year, given that they've uh, in they've they've generally shown evidence of both uh, supply side cuts in basic resource industries ahead of their mid October leadership transition, and they've also had uh, better internal demand dynamics in their construction markets. I I think the question to us right now is how long the upswing in Chinese lead inflation holds. Um, those are the macro issues, but I, I, what I always love about your conferences uh, when I used to attend as an investor was, you know, the individual names and the stock names and the things that would really move uh, based on, on some of the, the little glimpses into the business that uh, CEOs would give uh, us as investors. I'm no longer an investor. I no longer need to go to your conferences, but I wonder if you had any, if you had any interesting news come out of the conference from any of the companies that uh, you've seen present. Yeah, I, I think that will come out here over the course of the next couple of days. I, I think we will will have U.S. Steel on Wednesday. I think that'll probably be one of the more interesting meetings, uh, given that they have a, a pretty new CEO who's got well, a lot. Uh, yeah, term. to that. So, what what do, you, what do you expect to learn from U.S. Steel? I mean, what's 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 the sort of big question mark going forward of this business? It's it's having a pretty good year uh, in terms of you know revenue increases of sixteen twenty two percent last quarter. What, you know, what do you, what do you expect? To, uh, uh, what what don't you know that you might know by the end of the week? Yeah, I mean, I would I would point Corey to a little bit of a dichotomy right now. So U.S. Steel shares have pretty much been been shunned at least in the first half of this year, given uh, that there was a little bit of an earnings reset going on. But I think to the extent investors can can gain more confidence uh, under the new CEO uh, in terms of his multi-year cost plan here, uh, they definitely could could get some better. Um, you know, better semblance or confidence within putting money to work here uh, in in the longer term, particularly if some of these Chinese uh, inflation dynamics hold. I also want to pair that a little bit right now, Corey, uh, a place where we moved to the sidelines here more recently is on one of our longer-term favorites, uh, EAF steel producer Nucor, where we've, we've pointed actually out earnings risk in the second half from weaker steel spreads and volume. Input costs for them have actually risen faster than downstream steel prices, and given the fact that we've had a little bit stronger imports right now, that we, we feel like they're at risk right now. And what, what's likely to come out here in the next week or two is that Nucor is going to offer us some guidance um, on their third quarter. And in terms of what investors should do, I, I think they should be a little bit cautious on that name in terms of adding before they clear the air. I think the same goes for Steel Dynamics, who actually will be at our conference and could be pre-announcing as well. And if those guidance updates offer a catalyst to lower the earnings, we think investors could have a better buying opportunity for both new core and Steel Dynamics wow, following. So, but so you're, I, you're really I would, predicting some pre-announcements here coming out of your conference? Uh, that, that is normal. 
uh, I think both Nucor and Steel Dynamics both pre-announced third-quarter earnings results, regardless of the end market or, or macro landscape, in the middle of uh, in the middle of, of September every year. But I think we we're saying into uh, those those releases we're a little bit more cautious than we normally are, given the fact that we see uh, we see some earnings risk on on price cost mismatches. I would juxtapose that, however, against U.S. Steel where we do see better earnings visibility on cost containment. So from a tactical standpoint, we think U.S. Steel could be an interesting uh, momentum play right now, particularly if pricing holds, and we would be more uh, more cautious on Nucor and Steel Dynamics, despite the fact that we like those names generally in the longer term. Phil, is the biggest driver in terms of pricing um, for, the, for the raw commodity steel, uh, as well as kind of what happens on the equity side of things in corporations, is it still China? It is. Uh, I think if you look at tends to what tends to drive the steel vectors index, the, the SLX, mm-hmm. it is Chinese steel prices. It is correlated very highly to Chinese rebar prices and Chinese hot roll prices. And if you look at the direction of, of Chinese steel prices, they tend to go in the same direction of U.S. steel prices. And as we know, as U.S. steel prices go, uh, U.S. steel stocks go. So I think right now there could be a little bit of catch-up that we could see in the likes of U.S. Steel and AK. Uh, I think that's not, that's not what we see for, for Nucor and Steel Dynamics. But definitely, uh, Carol, China, China remains the, the driver. That's why, um, that's why we've pointed out the fact that investors really need to keep an eye on China the second half of this year, particularly because they have a pretty sizable leadership transitioning happening in October. And I looked at the steel ETF that you mentioned, the SLX. I mean, it's up 24% since, I don't know, about late June. So it's had quite a run. It has. And I think that's also coincided with the rise in base metals. So since the middle of the year, you've seen copper shoot up pretty strongly. I think nickel, aluminum, uh, iron ores even had a bit of a rally. And I think a lot of that has to do with some of the supply side reforms China has taken and, and the fact that investors have actually discovered that demand in China this year is actually not as bad uh, as they anticipated, it actually is, is, is pretty solid from, from the best we can tell from the construction indicators, um, the electricity generation, right. and then also some of, the, some of the automotive data points as well. Phil, looking forward to uh, more stuff coming out of that conference. Um, thanks yeah. so much, though, for the heads up. Phil Gibbs, Metals Equity Research Analyst at KeyBank Capital Markets, based in Cleveland, but uh, in Boston today for that basic materials and packaging conference. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio.